listening to the Mouthful of Graffiti podcast, affectionately known as The Mog, an open forum and promotional outlet for budding artists and creatives from all across the Mid-Atlantic region. I'm your host, Brad Cox, not necessarily affectionately known as anything other than Brad Cox, but I'm here all the same. Let's see who and what we're chewing on today on The Mog. Friends, East Coastians, and country men and women of all ages, welcome to the Mog. As always, links for our guests will be made available in the description, and a song or some type of promotional feature will be tacked on to the end of each episode. We'd like to thank all of our sponsors, Vagabond Sandwich Company, Capricost Books, Musicland, Black Eyed Susie's, Double Groove Brewing, Baltimore Decal Gal, and Reb Records. Remember to love local, support local, and to eat and drink local. Don't forget to use discount code Mog. Pod for a 10% discount at Capricost Books. Everyone knows you can't stop by Main Street Bel Air without grabbing one of Black Eyed Susie's legendary orange crushes and a killer lunch or dinner. Black Eyed Susie's has been supporting local for a long time. It's your one-stop spot for original and cover entertainment and an afternoon or evening out with friends on their rooftop deck. If you haven't heard, there's something very special about Double Groove Brewing. It's a melting pot of personalities, ages, loves, interests, and musical tastes. There are hippies, professionals, rockers, folk artists, friends and families here. Throw in the most delicious and satisfying craft beer on the planet and this place is complete magic. They are tireless supporters of the local talent. Stop by their location in Forest Hill for a pint and a night out with friends. First Fridays in downtown Bel Air just kicked off their season of community and fun on June 3rd with their biggest First Fridays to date. This county favorite will run through October on the first Friday of every month. Hartford Dance Theater is bringing the Kinetic Canvas back to the Chesapeake Theater on August 5th and 6th, highlighting the art of Andy Warhol through inspired dance. For tickets, visit HartfordEvents.com. The Phoenix Festival Theater is bringing Grease to the Chesapeake Theater on September 16th through September 25th. You best move fast like lightning to get tickets at HarfordEvents.com. The Rock Spring Financial Group brings the American dream to life with hard work, dedication, and pride. Rock Spring Financial Group offers full-service mortgage loan options to either assist with lowering your interest rate, consolidating debt, or buying a new home. They maintain a local reputation with honesty, competitive rates, and trustworthy loan officers. Call Rick Metzger today. He's local and actually has an office in Bel Air, Maryland. Tired of speaking to loan officers from an online outfit? Go with the local folks at Rock Spring Financial Group. Give them a call at 440 440- 4-3-801-6389. It's 443-801-6389. They have a five-star rating on Google. Stop by and find out why. Justin Waters and Emily Elizabeth have been active in the Mid-Atlantic rock music scene for over a decade. It wasn't until they joined forces in the late 2010s that they'd find an undeniable vibration with eternal frequency. With Justin crunching and stomping rhythms with his epiphone laying the foundation for their mammoth sonic assault and Emily's angelic and soaring vocals, their modern alternative rock music is powerful and full of as much passion as it is hooks. They drove a long way to be here today and I couldn't be more thrilled to have them on the show. Join me in welcoming Justin Walters and Emily Elizabeth to the Mog. And for our listeners, it is not Emily, it is ML. Yes, it is indeed. Thank you so for clarifying. I have to apologize. Okay, so uh, I'm going to read the news real quick and then we'll get right into it. Transcendent Events is bringing the Stranger Things trivia adventure to Mutiny Elkridge. Have you guys been watching? 
the series. We have not caught up yet. No, I have only uh, watched one season. <laughs> I'm really bad. Okay. Well, even with just one season under your belt, do you already have a, a favorite character or? I, me personally, I did not get super invested into it as much as everyone else did. Like, to be fair, like I literally only watched, started watching Game of Thrones like last month. Right. And it's been like how many years? So don't ever, don't ask me. (laughs) It's kind of like Breaking Bad. Like there's so many seasons and I'm so far behind. It feels like overwhelming the idea of trying to get into it. Yeah. And you can almost like, like, you're so happy that Facebook didn't ruin it for you. Because like when we were watching. Uh, It will if you scroll. It will, but you'll forget because it's so flooded. <laughs> That's true. So, you know, you, if, if you do get flooded and you say, oh, no spoilers, please just wait about two years. You'll forget. Yeah. No yeah. Problem. Rapola Entertainment has the Harlan County Kings with Jackie and the Treehorns and Vagabond Motel coming to Zen West on July 8th at 630 p.m. So stop by their Facebook page for details. Have you guys played Zen West yet? Uh, we have not. I think the only Maryland venue that we played as eternal frequency obviously it's different for you um the only one that we played as eternal frequency was Fishhead, but we will be playing a show in frostburg in the coming months so that's really exciting i mean justin you've got to be itching to get back into the record theater oh my god as soon as <laughs> i saw that they were back open oh man my, my i just went down nostalgia lane oh i know man it's so like lisa good. we're getting the band back together pretty much pretty much <laughs> and you know I, I hype it up to all these guys because you know now that we're in pennsylvania i was just like guys we're missing out we're missing out this is where i cut my teeth yeah this man is where so many of us cut our teeth it was uh uncle joe's funeral right yep. yeah and finally be the first to message me the word merchandise and win a 25 dollar gift card to the baltimore decal gal i mentioned in the introduction you guys have come a long way this morning it's actually longer than i thought it was going to be where are you coming from this morning um Lidditz, pennsylvania and Very a little lit its history is that it actually is the town they use for Hallmark movies. Is that correct? Yeah. They have. Yeah. Actually, yeah. in the past, they have. Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood did one of her uh, Christmas specials there. And also the home of Wilbur Chocolates as well. Wilbur Chocolates. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, I have a fun fact. Okay. <laughs> so in Lidditz, in Lidditz, the very first pretzel bakery in America is in Lidditz. Really? Very the first ever. It's called Julia Stur- Julia Sturgis Pretzel Bakery. It's the very first in all of America. Is it good? I've never been. Or has it just <laughs> been around for a long time? <laughs> I don't know. It, it honestly, it looks like a hole in the wall. It look, it looks like a candy shop to a degree. It's, but, it's yeah. very it's old. Like, it's, it's like Hal Daddy's. It's historic. <laughs> Pretzels. Yes. Good. It's from Hell like Daddy, the 1700s. Wow. It's literally that old. I've walked I've walked by it many times, but. And I've lived there basically my whole life, but I've just never been in there. I don't know why. Just never got a chance. Yeah, yeah. So coming a long way, obviously gas prices are high. So I do appreciate you making the trip. Do you think, though, that there's kind of like a a dark cloud over everything right now? Gas prices are high. Grocery prices are high. There's a war in the the East. I think all this has to be kind of rattling around in our subconsciousness. I I mean, it is. It it is. But um. We feel very fortunate. This is going to be such a selfish answer. I'm sorry. But, you know, we're in Lidditz. And so everything that we have when it comes to our jobs, our recording studio, everything is within a quarter mile radius. And so yeah. all of these these horrible things that are happening happening around us, we are, we feel very fortunate that they're not really affecting our lives too, too much. Right. It's, it's, it's really disheartening that it's happening all over the place. I think also with us doing music, it's 
selfishly a way of escaping all of that to a sense and also but that's what art is so. exactly be being able to also provide escapism for people so right. yeah and we're going to get into breathe in breathe out which i know tackles that i saw the yes, facebook sir. post <laughs> yeah you did do your homework i did i did so justin coming from the baltimore music scene the, the pa music scene is is a, kind of a different animal i kind of feel like there's more stock and value in rock and roll music up north than there is maybe even down here Honestly, it was very eye opening because, you know, something that, you know, Maryland definitely prides himself on is our community. You know, we have our scene. I remember going to, you know, a Metro Gallery and every single day it'd be sold out. And but the thing was, is it seemed like it always had the potential of being something bigger. But I didn't realize that until I moved to Pennsylvania and I realized, holy crap, I have a lot of competition. You know, all these people are there. They're so freaking talented and they're actually they're going they don't stay home. They're not centralized at like certain music venues to where, you know, they have alliances with those venues and they're like a house band to a degree. Right. No, no, they're going out, they're doing tours. They're, you know, they're really just getting out there. They work hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that. And I really had to up my game and considering I'm an old head and I have my old ways. Um, but you don't look old. Neither do you. Neither do you. But we it's know. It's a lot of running. Do you we, run a lot? I do not. Okay. I didn't mean I, to interrupt you there. But You <laughs> both look 27 yeah. in my opinion. So I think it's partly the way you dress because my body feel, I feel 44. I do. Oh, really? Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't think I look 44. Oh, Except absolutely. for the jowls. I've started getting jowls. <laughs> That's like my tell. Like I, I actually started growing facial hair. Except like if I grow this in, it's all gray. Oh, really? I look like I look like a six year old man. You guys both it's look weird. great. Like honestly, like is there something in the Maryland water? Because you both look great for your age. I don't know. I mean, like <laughs> our, our bands did play together a lot, and so I, I hope that I like to think that that's part of it. Yes. Yeah, it keeps us the spirit youthful. The spirit. Yeah, I think the spirit. I kind respect of that. Comes <laughs> out through the skin. The and pores. also, I, I think you're right. It's the uh, it's the way we dress. It's probably a hint of denial, but you know, I'm okay with that. <laughs> no, but even your skin, both of your like jowls or not, like both of your skin. <laughs> so she's not even denying that the jowls are coming in. <laughs> she's like, they're there, Brad. I can see them. <laughs> But and you know what I started noticing that was like when I started taking pictures and I was like, or selfies, and I was like, wow, I can't get a good angle anymore. <laughs> it's like the jowls are in every every angle here. You're always uh, going to be your worst critic, though. So you know I, I, mean? I kind of like overcompensate by smiling all the time. <laughs> so you can't see it, but it pulls everything up. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we've come leaps and bounds when it comes to, <laughs> um, you know, all these uh, face altering apps. I mean, I could basically become a woman, you know, in, no. in Please one don't. shot. I, I'm just saying. The <laughs> possibilities are endless here. Actually, there was an app a couple years ago where that that was the thing. You could like kind of change your gender. I look like a good looking girl. I can see it. I yeah. can see it. Yeah, there was like eyes. a filter. Like my sister, really. <laughs> Back when I had the Snappy Chat, I don't anymore, but they had a filter where I could turn the Snappy Chat. <laughs> can do it. So yeah. How about you, ML? Have you always been in the PA music scene or did you start somewhere else as well? I believe it or not, and I, I tell this story a lot because it's my origin story and people never believe it, but I grew up doing musical theater. Okay, um, which I, makes sense because you have that big, almost operatic voice. Oh, well, thank you for that. Um, We're going to get into all the, the background, but yeah, just the music scene in PA. Music scene, uh, I actually started doing, it was very brief. I was in a 80s cover band. Didn't really go anywhere. Um, and then I did my last musical theater show. It was 2017. And I was like, okay. One thing I've always wanted to do was be a lead singer of a band. But I didn't know how to go about it. So 2018 came along. Early 2018 came along. 
And I just put it out there on Facebook. I'm like, yo, does anybody want to start a band? I want to be a lead singer. And sure enough. So you knew that. That was always like kind of in your DNA. I've all, like I've been performing since I was five. I've always wanted to like Michael Jackson's a huge inspiration to me. Okay, so well, let's get into your origin story because <laughs> you, you're talking about theater. You're talking about your influences. What was the first instrument you picked up and played? I I don't play any instruments anymore, but when I was growing up, I took piano lessons okay, so for a while. Okay, that was your reference instrument. Yeah, uh, piano lessons for a while. I did clarinet for a little bit, and then I did guitar for a couple of years. Ooh, the um, clarinet. It's not good. <laughs> Horrible. Just We need a clarinet solo in one Eternal Frequency song. <sighs> Do we? Yeah, I mean, just for the hell of it. Might as well Throw just... some distortion on it, see what happens. There you go, there you go. Distortion's always fun. Yeah. Oh my god. What, what is that thing that they teach you when you're growing up? The recorder. Did you learn the recorder when you were a kid? I did, yeah. We might as well yeah. just throw that in there. That's going to be a thing. I, I you can just cover it. stairway and throw the yeah, recorder in there my, instead of a flute. My heart will oh, go that. on. Put a lot of saturation on it? Oh, no, yeah. we'll, we'll cover my heart will go on on the recorder. Do you ever hear that, <laughs> that version? No. Oh. No. Do really I funny. want to? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so but anyway, you're doing theater. How about your voice? When did you start developing that? Was it through the theater or were you doing chorus like in your early years? or? Um, It was a little bit of everything, actually. I Like I said, I started performing when I was five. It was a mixture between talent shows and community theater. And then I started taking voice lessons when I was around seven years old. And up until uh, three or four years ago, um, I had various teachers over the years doing vocal lessons. And um, growing up, my mom would always take me to like like acting classes and singing classes and musical theater classes. So, so your parents were supportive. Are they still supportive? My mom was very supportive. Um, she is unfortunately no longer with us. She passed away. Um, it's going to be two years in, uh, November. She passed away. I'm sorry. She was, thank you. She was my greatest supporter. She, she did everything for me when it came to my dreams and yeah. she just, she did without all the time just to make sure I could afford a vocal lesson. You know what I mean? She was my best friend and I owe everything that I am musically and just the vocals that I am to my mom. That's awesome. How about your dad? Not so much. <laughs> I mean, growing up, growing I was kind of tiptoeing into that. I wasn't sure. So, oh no, if you I'm, okay. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dead ass honest on this podcast because okay, that's what we're here for. But yeah, growing up, my my dad he worked a lot. I had a good relationship with him growing up. Don't get me wrong, but something happened when my mom passed, and okay. he did an about face and just totally changed who he was as a person, didn't treat me right, was very like verbally abusive towards me. And he started seeing another woman literally two months after my mom passed. They were married. My mom and my dad were married for over 40 years. They were together. And towards the end, my mom dealt with a lot of health issues like fibromyalgia and um, her quality of life honestly wasn't there anymore. And I don't know what kind of a toll that took on my dad. I can imagine it was very hard for him. But the fact that two months after my mom passed, he moved on and yeah, now he's engaged to heavy. another woman. It just, it doesn't, it's not right. And the fact that he pushed his family away, more so myself. It's, and it was just really hard. It was just really hard. Yeah. So I, I haven't talked to my dad in over almost a year now. Do you think it was maybe... I mean, just, I don't even play devil's advocate here, but mm-hmm. just his way of dealing with it. Oh, 
absolutely. I, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree Just with that. Just not maybe the healthiest way of dealing with yeah. it. Yeah. Essentially, in my eyes, it, in all honesty speaking, this woman that he's with is a Band-Aid. She's right, just a right. That's what I was going to say. Kind of a, a rebound to something he still has to deal with. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And, and I'm sure this is the case for you as well. Have you explored those feelings in any of your songs? Because <laughs> well. my parents have been, I mean, I, I've, I've gone at them in songs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's it the, helps. It's the healthiest way I can because I don't really I don't have any vices like I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do any of that. Music's my vice. Good for you. So thank you. <laughs> um, I, I, we're sitting in a bar. I'm two years sober. Good for you. Yeah, I don't I don't drink good for you. Yeah, it's just about like the vibe. No, I actually we bought the house and this is the way it was. And I kind of feel like if I ever go back to drinking, mm-hmm. well, it's already here. All, some <laughs> some of these beers, like they came with the house. Like I've you had, can't even find these beers. That purple haze beer, so good. That was I've, it has Papa Legba <gasps> on the front. The Voodoo God. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I've had that, and you're right. It's absolutely fantastic. It's a raspberry wheat. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Like back when, like I used to actually drink. That stuff. It's kind of like a blue moon with a hint of raspberry. Wow. It is my favorite beer. Now, did the Simon Garfunkel album, did that come <laughs> with, with the house as well? No, no. So the albums I bought, the, the Simon and Garfunkel album is going back to like family. That was my dad and I used to watch that every single morning oh, really? when I was a kid. Yeah. We would watch live in, in uh, Central Park. So that's just kind of a fond memory. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I, I held on to a whole bunch of my mom's albums as well. And so I have so much David Gates and Bread and all these albums that no one has ever heard of before. Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. All right. Yeah, yeah. Lots of Peter Gabriel. Influences. Influences. Um, Michael Jackson is my all-time favorite. He, I... Which you don't really hear in your music, but he is a huge influence. Absolutely. Just just the entertainer aspect yeah. and, and his songwriting. His voice was incredible. Going back to my mom, she's the one who got me into Michael Jackson. She saw him twice in the 80s in concert. And she was a huge fan, got me into him. I <laughs> I saw the Smooth Criminal video when I was a kid, and that rocked my world. It was like the coolest thing that I had ever seen. And I was like, I want to do something like that. And I just became obsessed. Um, so yeah, biggest influence is Michael Jackson. Stevie Nicks is another one on a vocal and lyrical standpoint. Um, but yeah, just growing up in 80s music, 80s hair metal, Um yeah, basically all that lumped together is who I am today. <laughs> How about guilty pleasure music? What is something that you might listen to uh, either when Justin's around or not, and uh, you just be kind of embarrassed <laughs> to tell people? Okay, so I, I am part of – I'm 26 years old, okay? I come from the age of the Disney Channel, and believe it or not <laughs> – this is funny – Hannah Montana – I love Hannah Montana, okay? <laughs> now, I have a 20-year-old daughter, and I was forced to like Hannah Montana at a point. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, guess who I got to watch? I, I was going down a nostalgic road these past couple of days. I was like, I'm going to go back to my childhood and just like feel good again because I was going through some like um, just anxiety and depression with like everything going on with like my, like my mom and my dad and stuff yeah. like that. So I was like, I'm going to watch something that makes me feel good. I watched Hannah Montana. I, did, I put on Disney Plus, and this guy over here actually watched Hannah Montana with me, and he liked it. I feel like you plotted these questions by not just research, <laughs> but I feel like you just like messaged her and said, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" Because this just happened yesterday. No, he did. He did. He's psychic. I didn't. I didn't. He's freaking psychic. Now, I Carly 
was another one that I... iCarly is a good one. That used to put me in a good mood. I love that show. It's a great show. Yeah. yeah. That's So Raven, Lizzie McGuire, all these shows I grew up on. <laughs> Don't even judge me, Brad. Not I even judging you. you. I'm not. I, I was actually just looking to the next question here. What are you doing when you're not making music? Like, what is the, what is the thing that you're doing? Maybe nine to five. Well, Justin and I, we're boring people. You know, we go to work. <laughs> And we don't really go out. I don't out. believe that. We don't really go out. Like we don't like to party. We, it, we we go to work and then we come home and nap. And then we go on Amazon and buy ghost hunting equipment. <laughs> yeah, so. we like to ghost hunt Ooh. in our spare time. See, I wouldn't be able to research that. I got him into ghost. I've been ghost hunting since I was ten. Really? I spent my thirteenth birthday at the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Western West Virginia. Oh, I love this. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a weirdo. Yeah. So have you have you ever seen a ghost? I've had, I've never seen an apparition in my personal experience. Have you felt one? I've felt them. I've had poltergeist activity happen. I've we had my too. hair pulled. I've mm. had my arm touched. I've gotten EVP recordings. Like, go on. One example <laughs> I investigated this um, old Civil War hospital in Gettysburg, had the whole place to ourselves. I did an EVP session um, with a spirit box. The spirit box is actually this. Um, this device where it sweeps radio frequencies backwards but it's like i think 13 radio stations over been over like a couple seconds it's yeah. insane so any sort of like interference you would get would be like it or are just like blurbs you know yeah. what i mean it wouldn't be full sentences so i was sweeping with this doing an evp session and i asked i was like is there anybody here with me are you a union or confederate soldier and then on the spirit box, I got a response that said, Union. And then, and this was at like 3 a.m. Um, investigating this place. And then I caught a horse whinnying oh. over the spirit box. We're in the middle of a Civil War battlefield. You know, horses died there all the time. And I had a soldier tell me that he was a Union soldier. You know what I mean? And I'm not making this up. This was one of the coolest EVPs I've ever gotten. Here's the thing about ghosts that confuse me. Mm-hmm. If you had the opportunity to be a ghost, wouldn't you change and go maybe vacation, travel, go places? Like, they're always yeah. in the same place. It's like the energy itself is trapped. It is. Tra I think it has a big thing to do with how they pass, especially if they've died tragically. Their spirit is stuck there. And, yeah. and most of the time, granted, that EVP I caught was obviously an intelligent response. So they knew yes. they were dead. Or they didn't, and they thought they were here with me right now in the present telling me who they were it's it's a very complicated thing to think about but a lot of energies can be residual energies where they're just going through their day-to-day -day lives you know maybe they got shot on the battlefield or they had a heart attack or passed away and right. they don't know that they're dead that residual energy can still be there where they're like you know a light could turn on or you hear them having a conversation in the next room but it's about something completely different than what you're talking about that's residual energy sam i'm curious if the energy itself is self-aware or if it's like a snapshot of time like pretend time, not to get too into physics but yeah. if time doesn't really exist it's just a snapshot of like really strong energy, almost like a shot of lightning in the distance. Like they died tragically. It was a burst of energy. Mm -hmm. And that burst of energy is what we're seeing yeah. like 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, but it's actually not there anymore or aware of itself. You hit the nail on the head. I have that same theory that it's like a snapshot in time that we're catching a glimpse of. And you never know when it's going to happen, but it's like a little like 
time portal to just like that moment in history. And I'm also a firm believer in like locations and like, for example, like, like poetic sense. Think about like the wood that in a house. Yes. It's porous. It can absorb energy. Where does that energy go when someone dies? It's being soaked into like the foundation of the house. Right. You know what I mean? It's got to go somewhere. Right. That's that's my theory. Well, I'm going to tell you my ghost story and then we're going to get into Justin. Yes. All right. So my Please ghost do. story is I believe my grandfather has been following me for a very long time. When I was out in Los Angeles back in 1996, I had this ring that my girlfriend at the time had given me. It was a, it was a unique ring. It was two people like kind of on top of each other. Anyway, I had it. I lost it behind a couch out there. Me and the woman I was with at the time, we looked everywhere for this ring. We could not find it. When I returned back home, all these weird things started happening to me within the house, but not to anybody else. So my blinds would open. I would have knocks on the door. And I started being like just so spooked out by the whole thing that at one night I got up and I was like, if you're real, whatever you are, just give me a definitive sign, something that can't be explained away by somebody else. And my room was like this room here. It was clean. The floors were clean. Mm -hmm. That ring that I lost in Los Angeles was in the middle of the floor. Are you kidding me? No, it, it was there. Oh, my and God. And obviously, like, everything's standing up on end. It's, I still get chills from it. Yeah. I just got goosebumps listening to that. And so I actually took the ring and I gave it to a girl at a bar. I said, keep this. And she's like, why? I said, I just want you to keep this as a friend if you lose it. I'll know you lost it. She's yeah. like, how, how will you know I lost it? I was like, I, I'll know. Because it'll show up on my floor yeah. again was my thought. So and that what just happened so after that? We, Lisa and I had all kinds of weird stuff. Like, almost like the movie Poltergeist Weird at the old townhouse. Yeah. To the degree, it did eventually stop that when we moved here, the girl that we sold the house to mm. calls Lisa two years later. And she's like... We have to leave. There is a weird energy in this house. Mm. And she started telling all her stories and we're like, okay. So I think maybe the doorway was open. Yeah. I think maybe he was following me, kind of keeping an eye on me and maybe other things got in. Why do you think that's very possible? I, I agree with that. Why do you think that it stopped while you were there just eventually? I don't know. Did you, did you like say anything like, listen, you can't be here. You got to move on. Like nothing <laughs> like that. We did do that. Okay. We, we did. And um, we, we would pray over the house and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. <laughs> the funny thing that would happen often is he liked to watch golf, okay. apparently, because golf would always end up on the TV. <laughs> we weren't watching golf. He would just put on golf. We'd wow. be like in the kitchen and be like, oh, golf's on. I guess Pop-Up Lucas is here. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be like a warm so. energy. Right. Did you feel like a warm energy? It was kind of in between because it still kind of freaked us out. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And it was always one of those things where I would experience something and she wouldn't, or mm -hmm. she would experience it and I wouldn't. So it was easy for the other person to dismiss it, which kind of helped. Yeah. But when we started experiencing the things in tandem, then it was like, okay, this is, this is legit happening. Have you had anything happen here since? No, Not really. Wow. It kind of stopped. That's crazy. What a cool story though. Like about the ring. Yes. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. All right. Justin. Since we got into ML's background, it's Lots time for. <laughs> yeah, way, way to start this off. Now I'm like in shock and <laughs> now I have to answer questions. Here we go. Well, we're going to get into, we could get into the story we talked about in the kitchen, uh, the transference of energy and all that, but. Um, whatever you want. 
I'm but, an open book. All right. So we met during the early years. We talked about Uncle Joe's funeral, and we saw each other again at an uh, We Love the Underground show. Why were you at that show? Were you I'm, just there hanging out, catching out with the bands? I or? was always I was always supporting. You know, the people. or were you, were you playing that night? I don't think I ever played with We Love the Underground. I know I played with Schizo. There was a, once upon a time. Well, you were in a cover band at a point. Oh wow! Yeah, I was in As If for a little while. Because the reason I'm bringing that up is I think As If played that night. Yes. Because Mick pulled me aside and he's like, "You're singing a song with us tonight," and I was like. I am not singing a song tonight with you because I don't know what, like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I ended up doing it because it was It's So Easy by Guns N' Roses. I, I kind of knew it. Oh my God. But wow. That's why you were playing that. Yeah. Night. Wow. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. I'm and sorry. then you brought up uh, uh, Uncle Joe's funeral. I was like, oh my God. So, like, my brain, this was already like the second like round of music for me. Right. So, wow. But where did we uh, uh, initially meet? I think we, we initially met. Whew, that that's a good question. I actually have no idea. I feel like I feel like in the times of Forgive the Fallen, and this is way back when, I I feel like that was the first no. You know what? I remember now. We met at the Harford Mall. Okay. We met at the Harford Mall. You were promoting one of your schizo shows. And so I only saw you in passing, but Kevin introduced me to you while we were in the food court. <laughs> okay. I, I, I kid you not. I, I remember this very well. It was right when I joined Uncle Joe, I believe. Okay. And no, no, I wasn't even Uncle Joe. I was working at Hot Topic with him. Yeah. So that's like 2002. Oh, yeah. Were you in the band with John Carroll or were you after John Carroll? I was after John Carroll. So maybe it was 2004 or five. Right after Developing from Negatives came out, okay. um, I, I said to Kevin, dude, this is some of the best stuff you've ever done. And um, and they look at that album as not their best stuff, but I thought it was a pretty good album. Absolutely, I mean, Uncle Joe goes to war was fantastic in it its was own good. right. But um, I thought I, I loved I loved how everything flowed in that album. I loved how each song just segued into the next. It's very a uh, concept dream theater thing to do, and I loved that. It and was very cathartic for Steve it, and that too. And yeah, that was heartbreaking. But it, <laughs> it was good that he was able to kind of get that out. It was a beautiful album, and. Honestly, after John, John Carroll left um, and he asked if I would be interested, yeah. I said, you mean I get to play Doomsday Queen live? Yes, I, I'm, I'm down. In. But yeah, I'm in. So that's kind of like where that started. And, that and was... Schizo and uh, Uncle Joe's played a lot of shows together. Yeah. We always got paired together with Eat Your Neighbors. Wow. <laughs> Eat Your Neighbors. <laughs> Joe, Joe somehow Granato. Halfway Broken got thrown into that, I guess because they were from Harford County. But the, like stylistically, they were totally different. But Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I loved Up Broken. I saw them op open no, no, up. No, no, Halfway Broken. Halfway Broken. So Up Broken was Jason Peltzer. Halfway right. Broken was Mike Coombs. Matt Vendetto. Anyway, it was kind yeah. of um, alt rock, I guess, Breaking Benjamin vibe. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. So guitar, you play an Epiphone. How long have you been playing? Actually, I've retired the Epiphone. Have you? Yeah. I um, wasn't sure what you played. I just went to old pictures, and that's what no, I. No, it's okay. Um, I have been playing Epiphone for a very, very long time. Um, but uh, we'll go, we'll go to playing. I started playing when I was uh, thirteen years old. A anything prior to that? We talked about the recorder. Did that come out? Nope, nope. Just an avid listener. I, okay. I was one of those punk little Mansonites. I had uh, either I was wearing fantastic. A, I was wearing a downward spiral shirt, or I was wearing a uh, Portrait of American Family shirt. And stealing. Portrait was a killer record, man. Absolutely, it was. Absolutely, it's I, undeniable. I, yeah, that it was fun. It's so funny. Um, little little backstory. Um, my previous birthday, Nine Inch Nails was the reason why I play music that's the thing that made me want to get into a band and, and you have a killer version of head like a hole oh 
God, that was terrifying to do. That was so terrifying. Because it's like sacred ground. It is. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Buck Cherry covered it. And people were not having it for obvious reasons. Like Josh Todd does not belong singing that song at all. That whole band had no business touching that song. It it was almost insulting. And I don't mean to badmouth another band, but uh, it's Buck Cherry. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, that was that was a joke. And we tried to pay tribute to it as much as possible while creating something new. And you did. It was it, terrifying. You modernized it. It was uh, the most terrifying. Oh, um, doing the Nine Inch Nails cover was hands down way more terrifying than our Queen cover. And you can't touch Queen either. You know what I mean? Like, that's Queen. I didn't even know you had a Queen cover. I know you did the Familiar Taste of Poison, but I didn't know about Queen. You didn't know about Queen? No. Yeah, we did a cover of The Show Must Go On. I I, I, I did my best. I do my best over here. <laughs> oh, no. No, that, that one kind of like fell under the wayside. Um, But the reason that we did that was it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. Okay. And we saw like the big thing that like really shook us was the Chameleon Club. The Chameleon Club shut down for good. And that wrecked wrecked this entire region's you know life yeah because so many people cut their teeth there and then with that it was like a domino effect all these venues were just going down they didn't they weren't getting funded by the state or whatever and so what we ended up doing is we ended up creating that uh writing that song or recreating that song to it's a writing process you're rewriting it basically yeah and we were but we were trying to uh raise funds for these venues um that's a very neva. cool thing yeah neva we we actually uh, merged with neva which is a national, national independent venue association yeah and so all the money that we raised from that song all went to um local venues trying to keep them open yeah bringing up local venues i'm going to kind of switch gears here uh what are the big venues up there now i know we're playing a show with you at love draft which to me is a relatively new venue but what are the big ones it used to be the chameleon club i obviously there's the tourist inn we used to have galifties even remy's but now it's like if somebody was going up north to play where would they play um well there's a brand new one that just came out last year and that's mickey's black box it's right in our backyard in Lidditz. okay and right in the heart of rock Lidditz. i mean th- there'll be a chance that okay. you'll it's it's yeah that's that big performance venue yes the new one one so, of our tech guys just went up there to work. Oh, really? Josh Schumann, yeah. What show is he working on? No, I, I think he works at Rock Lidditz. Oh, no way. Really? He, yeah, because our boss is like, oh, Josh is moving from Hartford Community College to Rock Lidditz. I'm like, what the hell's Rock Lidditz? So then I, I go online and find it. And I'm like, oh, no shit. It's that's a, crazy. Yeah, yeah that, that's literally right where we live. And uh, they just, uh, Michael Tate, who owns, you know, Tate. Tate Towers. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he just wanted to build a music venue just right in the heart of the small town. And it's amazing think of um think of ram's head live only if you painted every wall black all the floor is black everything is black okay so it's like a nice version of fletcher's basically yeah a much <laughs> larger version of fletcher's okay, Abel, so- give us the uh <laughs> the background story on mr tate okay so michael tate he is the founder of tate towers um and he actually he's really cool he has like, he's like this really old guy. He has like blue hair. He's, he's so cool. Um, but he owns, he created Mickey's Black Box. Um, and he wanted to make it a venue for the community where you can put on theater productions, rock shows, comedy shows, jazz nights, everything. And Lidditz has never had anything like that before. And once the chameleon shut down, it kind of became like the new 
Lancaster, PA Central Music Hub. Right. But it's for more than just rock shows. You know what I mean? It's it's a place where everyone can have an outlet, which is really cool. But so they'll they'll do local bands. They'll do as local well bands. As the Nationals. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's cool because Michael Tate. His backstory was he he actually created. He was the one who designed the very first guitar pedal board. Oh. So that pedal board that you have over there yeah. was based off of his idea. Wow. His original idea. Mind-blowing. That's an old school line six, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know Justin's over there. He's like... God. He knows what it is. I don't know. <laughs> Brad, you still be using that thing? <laughs> <laughs> and it's also cool because he, like, my little nerdy self about, like, Michael Jackson, he actually would design the stage that Michael Jackson would perform on. He He patented the stage that he would dance on to make sure it the glide was good so he could moonwalk smoothly. Really? So li- swear to God. Huh. So little fun facts here and there. Here you go. Yep. He's just a, <laughs> he's just a cute little guy with blue hair. He's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. So when did you two, it was 2019 or the end of 2018 that you guys kind of joined forces? 2019. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. I was actually still living in Maryland at the time. And um, I was kind of like wrapping up everything uh, at my mom's house. And I was, just out of another band and i wasn't planning on doing music anymore what was the band it was rise among rivals okay you were in rise i, I have like a blank of that <laughs> because it was a very very short okay. stint okay it was a very short stint and it was honestly it was like right after my mom had passed away and i needed some kind of distraction and at that point in time they had just lost a guitar player and a bass player and he just hit me up like as the tour was wrapping up he said hey can you can you fill in? Dave said, Gaskin. Yeah. 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 I said, sure. And we did a, we did one, one, one week tour. And we also went into the studio and recorded two songs. But, um, after that, like fell through, I, I, I realized that I just didn't want to play music anymore. Or at least I wasn't. You weren't driven by it. You were, I, I wasn't. You think you were entering like a, almost depression. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I knew it was definitely a depression for the fact that music was not helping. And, um, it was, I was honestly, I was planning on moving south with no direction whatsoever. You just wanted, like, you were in fight or flight mode. It, it was exactly. I was just going to take a gamble on life at that point in time to where I was just like, drop everything. I quit my job. Um, I was just ready to go and just disappear. I didn't know where I was going to go, though. You know, I remember seeing some of your posts on Facebook and it was getting heavy there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was keep, keeping an eye on you. I was a sad boy for a while. Yeah. yeah. But, um, then sure enough, I just saw a random post and I didn't even know we were friends on Facebook. I actually had no idea, but I just saw her post and she said that she needed a guitar player. And I had heard about them, heard about Eternal Frequency through the Rise Among Rivals um, engineer okay, who recorded our songs. And uh, we were just talking about this up and coming band and there's a female fronted band. They're really cool. So I heard a few songs. And so when I saw that, I was just like, oh, holy crap, I'm friends with her. So I was more shocked about right. that. I was more shocked about that. And so I said... The small world of Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And so I just responded to her. And I was just like, you need a guitar player? And that was really the only message. And she said, yeah, sure. It was all business. It was all business. And so I started like showing her like my uh, progress because they needed me for a particular show at a certain time. And I would just send her song by song. But I also follow up with a message being like, Hope this works out. And then she'd be like, oh, you're awesome. And then it turned it into a full-fledged conversation to where we weren't talking about music anymore at all. And we were just becoming friends. And I don't With know. With a, a 
kind of a feeling that maybe there was a little something brewing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We would uh, send each other videos of uh, us both making marinara sauce and see, like <laughs> deciding which one was actually better based off of the spices that we put inside of it. Okay. okay. Um, and so that's, that's flirting 101. That, yeah. Absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. That's good. And honestly, I, before I even met her, I knew I loved her. And that, that's heavy. That's it, good. It was, it was wonderful because it was something that I hadn't felt, or at least I lost all faith in that I would ever feel something like that again. Yeah. I never, I never felt it here. And in my 22 years of being in Baltimore, I never felt that kind of feeling before. So with that being said, it's well documented. I mean, you were, you were not shy about it. You were putting it out there and you were, you know, yeah, yeah. you were in love, man. I was, and I still am to this day. And honestly, our, our music has kind of kept us together to where, so that's you know, three years now. Almost three years, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah in October. Almost three years, and we honestly, our best times are just writing music together. And most of the time, like if you're a musician and you're, you know, with somebody that is not a musician, it's hard to share that kind of excitement. It you know is. I mean? It is. Like, Unless the person's really, really supportive. Like Lisa's extremely supportive. Right. But every whim that I have, she's like, "You should definitely do that." I'm like, "I love this person." Yeah. <laughs> That's so rare. It is because yeah. I've been in relationships where it was not that. Absolutely. We, we, I think we've all been there and it's, it's toxic. It really is. I, I love you and Lisa's yeah, relationship. You you're, you're it's been, it's been going on since 1997. She was one. Oh God. No, oh, that's so gross. Why do you have to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually that was more of a stab at Brad. Yeah. It, oh, it? It's the, the guy with the jowls over here yeah, but <laughs> that you, I'm... that you did not deny. Yeah. But then people call you a cradle robber. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm okay with it. Because I'll keep I'll keep wearing my hat sideways and deceive the world. I don't care. <laughs> Inspirations for you? Inspirations for me. I think I had mentioned Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Um, and ML's wearing the hat right now. Absolutely. I was going to wear the hoodie, but uh, that's that's a little too dorky. <laughs> right. um, anyway, um, we're both going to wear the same color shirt and hat. <laughs> it's it's happened before. Um, but uh, so it, it was all those bands. It was um, the when industrial in the late 90s yeah. or mid to late 90s kind of kicked in so stabbing westward all those bands made me want to do something the mortal Kombat soundtrack i thought it was fantastic gravity kills and um uh what were some others i love the crow soundtrack like pretty much any of those kinds of bands are my main inspiration even to this day new metal is a huge thing for me um i just love the uh incorporation i know a lot of it's not a very popular thing to say but i love the incorporation of hip-hop and metal and we use that a lot in eternal frequency to where it's just like, we want metal that you can dance to. Yeah. Not mosh and punch people. We want, we want them to dance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you didn't talk about what kind of guitar you play now. Oh. You got sidetracked. Oh, oh I'll, I'll just throw that in there real quick. No, no longer Epiphone. Now I strictly do PRS. You know, some, something that I've never been able to afford, but now all of a sudden. Well, I'm your G string's probably in tune then. Uh, absolutely <laughs> it is it is that's weird yeah, it right is. gibson but, and epiphone haven't figured it out but now that i've swapped to seven strings now my bottom b string always out of tune <sighs> so i had to sacrifice one string for the other what are you tuning to at this point uh, a well, right now we're in drop a okay yeah um we were originally in drop c sharp so just down a half step and drop d tuning people don't realize how much tuning affects how modern a song sounds it's true it's it really true. is like your music sounds very relevant and modern, but it's partly the tuning. If you put that in standard tuning, it would be like, wow, this sounds kind of like an older tune. Exactly. And that that's it's a weird thing. It started off that it was probably in standard drop, and we were just like, whoa, whoa, welcome back to 1999. Yeah. You know? yeah. So we had to 
tune her down. How about your guilty pleasure songs? We didn't get into those yet. Well, she mentioned Hannah Montana, and I thoroughly enjoyed every minute. Selena of that. Gomez, man. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed. No, not every Selena minute. Gomez. No, no, Miley it's either uh, the noise. No, no, it's either it's like Michael Jackson or Prince. I like both, but if you have to pick one, okay, so it's either Miley or Selena. It's Miley. Yeah, I don't really have any guilty pleasures. I'm proud of everything I do. Um, <laughs> I, I really am. Uh, I, I listen to everything. I listen to everything from uh, you know. All the classic rock. I'm into. You know what? No, no, no. I take that back. I really like Modest Mouse. Okay. And and that that my daughter would agree with you there. Oh, really? Yeah, she loves the Arctic Monkeys, Modest Mouse. That weird yeah. cusp in the 2000s. Yeah, there's something. There's something I really the really like. The about, hives. Yeah, that disgusting guitar tone. That very indie disgusting guitar tone. I love it for some reason. I don't know why. What do you I, think of Monskin? Manskin? I have no idea what that is. You would if you heard it. Oh, God, I can't. I, sure? I could be just saying it wrong. It's spelled main skin. Is that is it modern? It sounds like a metal band. No, it's it's like a throwback rock and roll. But the guy's got this really gnarly voice. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, I've never heard of him, but I'm going to now. Yeah, on your way out. Okay. Check it out. Okay. So um, we talked about the, the gig on August 27th with Stabbing Westward at Love Draft Brewery. Cannot wait to rock with you guys. Yes, I'm so excited. Awesome. You guys have so many shows, so many big shows coming up that it's almost like, like for one, who's booking all these shows? But let's talk about what you just announced that's happening in September. You are playing Rocklahoma with Corn, Shine Down, Five Finger Death Punch. You know, obviously there's a ton of bands on this particular uh, show. I'm very jealous. How did this come about? I'm I'm jealous. I'm um, gonna say it. I'm jealous. <laughs> Going back to who books the shows, I I booked the shows. Well, I booked those shows. So um, you are the Oz behind the curtain. Yes, actually. <laughs> well, we yeah we just got a booking agent. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. Um, but up until You're now, hired. I'm going to hire you. <laughs> I will happily book shows for you. Like I I kind of want to become like a booking agent down the road because I have fun doing it. And there's money to be made there. It's fun. Yeah, like I love booking our shows. But um, I love that she books our shows too. <laughs> Rock, right? La- Rock Lahoma came about basically just we got to a point where we're just like, OK, the worst thing that people can say is no. So we were just putting ourselves out there. Right. Just like emails, like contacting whoever we can, just trying to find any sort of contact information. And I reached out to um, one of the promoters for Rocklahoma and it was a total shot in the dark. And he's like, I like you guys. You're on it. Damn. And it, it just like it sounds so simple, but that's literally how it happened. Just like that. I'm just like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Just something simple as, hey, check us out. You know what I mean? It it was a prime example of, you know, um, believe in your product. And as long as you have the product that they're looking for. And we felt pretty confident about that. Yeah, you fit the bill perfectly. Right. Most people wouldn't even know how to do that. And they wouldn't have the guts to actually pick up the phone or or send an email. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've. I know back in the day, we used to send out press kits to um, record labels and things like that. Right. And, and we put so much money into these press kits and you'd never hear anything ever again. She sent this out. She sent it out just on a whim, like like we said. And she found out less than 24 hours later. And he was like, I love you guys. Yeah, you're on. That's awesome. Yeah. That's got to be very flattering and validating. No, like, 
we have a lot of people on the show, but like we were literally jamming to your music earlier today. It kicked ass. You get into the first like minute of the first song, you're like, okay, this is going to be a quality experience. And then you just let it go. Thank you, Brad. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening to our music. We really appreciate it. So that's awesome. You also have the Rock the Block event coming up on July 23rd, which is in Ohio. Do you guys like to kind of get in the road and travel? And how far out is Ohio from you? I want to say... I, I, I'd say it's probably about as far as it is here. Um, it's about no. five and a half, six hour drive. Six hours? Yeah. And um, no. I'm, I'm stoked for that one because I'm actually from Ohio. So, uh, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Couldn't research that either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really gloat about it. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it's, a, it's a really cool thing. And that was another thing on a whim. To where we just said, oh, well, we just saw an ad about it. Well, they reached out to us. Oh, did they? They See? contacted us. This is why I'm not the booking agent. <laughs> but um, yeah, all these people are like reaching out now and also us putting it out and making sure that like what we were saying is like we're trying to release the best product. We're not, you know, we're not trying to like skimp anywhere and yeah, um, you can tell. Yeah. I mean, you have at this point what? Uh, you have an EP. You have a, enough for an album of songs. If you were to compile them, are you going to actually right. put all those together into an album? We're actually writing a whole separate album itself. So okay. all, all that we have so far is the EP and the singles. But we're actually writing a full-fledged album currently as we speak. Yeah, um, we're having we're, we have this trilogy going on right now. Where Step Up was part one, AI was part two, and then part three will be coming in the coming months, and that's going to kind of wrap up everything. Is that we'll, breathe and breathe out? No, breathe and breathe out. It's kind of it's separate. separate. Um, yeah, we we wrote that at the height of the pandemic when everything was shut down, and um, you know you couldn't go to concerts, and depression and anxiety was at its highest. So that's kind of where that came from. Um, but part three for the Step Up trilogy will be coming out um, in the coming months, like I said, and um, yeah, that's gonna kind of wrap up everything. We'll probably make that like a separate kind of like little EP. Or we'll probably like cut vinyls for it and have it at shows and stuff That's like that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and people aren't really listening to physical products at this point. So you, maybe you could even do something like a novelty cassette yeah. where it's like it, – it's just for them to own a piece of you. But they're probably going to listen to it on Spotify anyway. But an yeah. album would be killer. But if you want to save some costs. Justin right. had a great idea. Um, it's not like an – not an album per se, but like kind of like a tag-along – Graphic novel? Yeah. Doing you a had a graphic novel. novel idea, which is a great idea. Yeah, for you gotta that. just find an artist and just do it exactly. up. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Um sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Please. Um, but yeah, that'll wrap up. And then like he said, we are working on an album. Uh, and we have plenty of songs in our arsenal already to make the album, but we're constantly writing more. So between step up and AI, would the theme of this trilogy be uh, a call for individuality? Nailed it. 100%. Nailed it. 100%. I, I listened to it. That's that's my note here. I was like, okay. So now that I know that they're paired, I'm like, okay. You know, the the you know, the programming we're all under, you know, with all the media and the uh, I guess the influence of social media, which is big. It's influencing who you are more than you think it is. Yeah. And also like, primarily on on a more personal level, it was it's more we felt attacked internally because we were actually under a management company and we had these people that they didn't care about our music. They viewed us as a product. Sure. And they wanted to exaggerate it as much as they could. And they were trying very, very hard. Like every single, every note I would write, they would question. Even, you know, songs like Step Up. Like I was told that that song is not a single. I was told Breathe In, Breathe Out was not a single. And 
I Step was just, up to single. And, and, yeah. and the funny thing was, is I was looking at him, I was just like, well, you're very wrong. And so it, it had us like questioning ourselves for a very, very short minute where it was just like, well, this guy is flexing. He has all these contacts in the industry or whatever, whatever it may be. And we came to find out where we're just like, you know what? We, we really don't care about your contacts because you're going to take away our humanity in the process. Yeah. So with that, that's how like Step Up was written well over a year and a half ago. And we just recently released it this past year. But um, that was, we were just like, okay, well, we can continue on this story. And so AI is completely about, you know, being brainwashed. We wanted to basically create a even more futuristic Clockwork Orange, you know, setting to where it's just like we have these people that are trying to just control us. And that's what the entire thing is about. And we're going to kind of wrap it up to where you're dealing with your own personal struggles as well. So it's like you're facing what the outside sources are feel you should be and also internally who you think you should be. Yeah. So we've covered a lot of ground. What is the song that we're going to hear at the very end of this podcast? I'm pretty sure we're going to hear AI. We're going to hear AI. Okay. Yeah. And we already talked about what that's about. You got a show coming up this Saturday in Philadelphia, July 9th uh, with illusions of grandeur. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Now are they a bigger band? They look like they were a bigger band. I, I I'm not familiar, but. Um, they're, they're, I think they're bigger in the Philly area. Okay. Right. I, I'm not too, too familiar with, I, I know we're Facebook friends with them. They're really cool people. Really super Incredibly nice people. Incredibly nice people. Um, we've never played with them before, so I'm really excited about that. And we're also playing with our friends in Monument for a Memory. Yeah. Monument of a Memory. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Uh, since we're going to hear AI, we're going to go to this question real quick, uh, as we kind of tie this thing up. Do you believe that our phones not that they're listening. I think we all kind of think they're listening. We have plenty of apps where we allow them to listen, like Instagram, Recorder, all those things. Do you think that the phones are reading our brain waves? Are they reading your mind? And I'm going to tell you why that I believe that they actually might be. I I would agree with that. I agree that the data that's being collected is creating an artificial version of you to where you will no longer be necessary. Which is sad, <laughs> but there was a Google programmer recently who believed that his uh, AI program that he was working on had become sentient. You can actually Google this. He was fired because he believed it became sentient. Uh, there's theories that in the next couple years that the computer, your Facebook, all those types of things will be able to read your brain waves and know what you're thinking. My feeling is it's possibly already happening and – that you like, have you ever just thought something and all of a sudden there's a picture on your phone, not, not typed it in Google or had a discussion where it could have heard you. You start thinking about elephants and all of a sudden you're seeing all these pictures of elephants. Yeah, why why I, is that happening? I thought about a cookie the other day and a toll house ad came up. Yep. So it's like, so like straight up that, that that's, that's kind of exactly what's like step up's about. Like the little fictional story that we have inside AI and step up. It's going to wrap up to where it's actually an artificial version of ML, a digital version of her that was manifested through the internet and your social media. She was created through that based off of her likes, her interests, her dislikes, and she became her own entity. And she wants to wipe out the physical version of ML here. And that's kind of what we're showing in the videos is that she's being hunted by herself. Interesting. Yeah. My <laughs> <word>. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you guys have a lot going on. You're both awesome musicians, awesome people. I appreciate you coming onto the show. We're going to hear AI. ML, Justin Waters, thank you for coming onto the show. Thank, thank you, so you much for having us, us, Brad. It's awesome. been such a pleasure. You were awesome. It's finally, it's so nice to actually like yes. <laughs> see you in person and meet you. So thank you so much. Quiet, manufactured madness.